You're listening to Testimony on the Good Lion Podcast Network. Today on Testimony, we're going to be hearing the story of Christian Trena, an assistant pastor at Calvary Chapel, Oklahoma City. As a young man, Christian battled darkness, depression, and suicide. But through it all, God had his eyes on Christian and his heart set on saving him. This is that story. So I think that a testimony is something that really tells the story of God. And uh, everybody's story uh, has overlapping parts to it, but at the same time, everyone is really unique and different. There is something that was very unique and different in my life and growing up that I don't really identify with a lot of people with, and that had to do so much with the darkness that I was around, the darkness that affected my mind and my life at a very, very early age. So I grew up in New York, uh, born in 1979. I was a kid of the 80s and the 90s. The most difficult thing for me was... um, My parents placed me in a Christian school in growing up because I was really irresponsible in public school and they needed a better answer. Um, In going to this Christian school, part of the problem was the students that were in the school, myself included. We were in a religion class and we were learning precepts and doctrines and things having to do with God. And then as soon as the class was over and we weren't really concerned about what answers the teacher was looking for, we had lives that did not bear anything having to do with truth. And nowhere in my environment, not where my family was, not what my community looked like, not what anything in life looked like, did it look like there was a God. There were friends, um, people that I played sports with and hung out with around my neighborhood. But there was never any kind of connections where we were really engaging with what we were going through with life. I had family and my family loved me, but again, we we weren't connecting, engaging in anything deeper than what our expectations were um, as family members, with chores, as students, with responsibilities in school and grades, sports or, or something like that. It all had to do with what we were able to accomplish. I came to the place where um, my life and this darkness was starting to catch up by third and fourth grade. By fourth grade, um, I know that I was hurting animals. I was hurting our family dog, and I was doing things that were um, just very cruel. And um, I I don't exactly know why this was happening. By fifth grade, uh, for some reason, I, I was hurting my pets. And then that expanded into my entertainment when I was a kid going outside and finding insects to torture them. And then from there, it started to grow more into killing animals, whether it was with a slingshot or a BB gun or whatever it was, um, life started to really lose its value. And I don't exactly know why this was happening. By fifth grade, I used to think about hurting people in my school. In fifth grade, while the teacher was talking, I was daydreaming all day long. And those 
things that I was dreaming about had to do so much with violence every single day. So there is a young child who is caught up in a great deal of violence and darkness and thoughts constantly of um, things that had to do with murder and suicide every single day. And this started in fifth grade and it continued on through ninth grade. And each year it, it matured and it, and it grew significantly worse. So by the time I was in ninth grade, um, I had been really daydreaming um, and fantasizing about suicide every day. So with fantasizing about this kind of darkness and, and also this going into school and thinking about really just going into school and murdering my classmates and my teachers and all these people around me. This was a fantasy that was going on between fifth grade and ninth grade. And this is years before something like Columbine. This didn't exist in the world that I lived in, but it existed every single day in my mind, in my heart. It existed in every class that I was in because I really hated school. And I didn't like how I did or did not fit in. I had a lot of friends, but I was in so much pain. And the friendships that we had were not ones that really had to do with the sincere thoughts, the sincere well-being of each other. It was more of making fun of each other, beating each other up, and, and the normal things that uh, young boys go through. It came to the place where I started in ninth grade. I started looking for a way to obtain a firearm, a way to begin to take the next steps. And I wasn't planning or plotting anything yet, but there was this draw. There was this continued draw to destruction in these areas. So I was really stuck and on my own, and I really poured this out against God. I hated God so much for the things that I was frustrated about, for what I was going through in life, how I was feeling, and how this was, uh, th these things were increasing. At this point in the interview, Christian began to open up with me about how all of these things that he was feeling, the darkness and the depression, started to spiral into this pit of atheism, and how eventually his suicide attempt came to be. When I was in sixth grade, I was in school and I had some questions about things pertaining to the Bible that also felt like the education I was learning simultaneously seemed to be a contradiction to it. Uh, one of those things had to do with the ages of the people that were in the book of Genesis. And I asked my question to the teacher thinking that maybe there was a typo or there was some kind of error because I didn't understand why the Bible, this book of God, would say that people were living for hundreds of years. And the response that my teacher gave had something to do with, um, I don't know, you don't need to worry about that. Um, and it seemed like it was kind of like a fictional story that we, we didn't want to spend too much time focusing on. And the other thing had to do with my sixth grade science class where we were learning things that seemed to also be contrary to what we were learning, even from young children, about our existence here and, and how we got here and how God created everything and seven days turning into billions of years. Um, and there just seemed to be inconsistency. 
That was a door that I feel like the enemy really used to have me doubt. Um, and I really wanted to start blaming someone for the way that I was feeling. And if anyone was going to be responsible, it had to be God. If there was a God, then why would I feel like this? If there was a God, then why would there be things that seem so inconsistent? I made the decision to turn against God actively, um, really changing the perspective that I have of trusting that there was a God to God not meeting my standards and my expectations. And if that was going to be the case, then God wasn't going to be a part of my life anymore. And I didn't know that anyone else felt that way. But back when I was 11 years old, I really came to that place on my own. And, and it was secret because I was really scared to share it with anybody that I didn't believe that there was a God. So I went in a direction that was completely foreign to me. There was nobody in my life that I knew of that was an atheist. This is this is back in the 90s, early 90s, when it wasn't cool to be an atheist. There wasn't any friends that I had that were atheists. It's the type of thing that was going to break my grandmother's heart to say something like this. So I never shared it with anybody. Um, and the very first time I ever heard my sister, who was much older than me, say that, uh, you know, do you think you're the only person who's ever doubted? Um, it, it really kind of broke me out of my shell and made me wonder, like, do other people actually doubt too? Is it not just me? But I still kept it to myself and seventh grade um, went to eighth grade. And the what we're calling atheism, it's interesting because it's not so much that intellectually I have looked at all the evidence and I have made an intellectual decision. It seemed... That it was so much more emotionally based. It seemed that things didn't make any sense from what we were learning about God and what the real world actually looked like and felt like. And I just wasn't interested in playing games. And so I made that decision entirely based on the state that I was in. By sixth grade, I began to wonder if there is a God. By seventh grade, I started to hate God. And then by eighth grade, um, I was completely consumed with thoughts of suicide and darkness. And I was so far beyond the place that I was supposed to be at, near with God. By halfway through the ninth grade, by the time we got into December, there was a, a breaking point where I had committed a, a felony of grand larceny. And I, it was one of those things where I grew up being in trouble a lot. And my parents just didn't know what else to do. But this was so big that I, I was so in trouble that I wasn't even grounded. They didn't know what to do with me. So it came to the place where they started looking for other options. But I was already looking at other. I didn't care what the options were because I wasn't going to be around for too much longer. Um, I was really getting very close, very close to the time when years of the fascination and the draw towards suicide was going to come to a completion. And it wasn't a disturbing thing. It wasn't something that I was uh, afraid of or anything like that. This was this was going to be the grand finale. This was going to be the, the thing that I had wanted to accomplish for so long. 
and I was running out of I was running out of life in other areas and it just kept on bringing me closer and closer to this cliff where the only thing left to do was jump so yeah I was in trouble and yeah they were talking about how you know I'm going to end up in prison and everything but I was in such a prison for so long that no one knew how to handle no one knew how to connect with um it ended up coming to the point where I, I knew the outcome. I knew the answer. And and I was really hurting towards um, my family. Uh, I, I was very frustrated with my family. I was really frustrated with my school. And so that's why the, the fantasies would always go in those two directions. And so my suicide, I really wanted to be something that was very hurtful to those who I felt were responsible for the way that I did feel, for the hurt that I felt. Um, wasn't, you know, legitimate. It wasn't honest for how things really truly were, but that was the distortion that I was going through. That, that's the way my mind continued to have no other option but this destruction that, that kept on growing. So the day came that I was ready to take my life. I had been really focused on this since seventh grade and been dreaming about it for a long time. And I never made an attempt before this. This wasn't like something that was going to be half-hearted. It was going to be absolute and final and complete. So um, I had planned to use a knife for this and I had already been in the place where the knife was slowly going into my skin really taking my time with this. There was no intention to rush anything because I was really looking forward to it and I know that it was going to be the last experience that I ever had. And while I was going through this, there was something that gave me pause. And it wasn't fear and it wasn't uh, something that, that made me want to change anything except... There was just something, all I can say is there's something that made me pause. Now, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't know um, that in the darkest of my hours that anyone was with me. But at that time, there was something that changed inside of me because my thought was, uh, okay, right now, I, I want to give this another shot. I'm going to come right back to this tomorrow if it's not good. If, if I have a bad day, if it's still this bad, if everything is, is just uh, as terrible and as painful as it has been, I'm going to come right back to this. But at this particular time, I was at total peace with stopping what I was ready to start. So I put the knife down and I started thinking about how I was going to live the next day differently. Nothing changed in my relationship with God or my family, or my friends, but I didn't have the oppression in my life, in my mind, that I had been dealing with for years as this was going on. So between that moment and the next day, there was a certain kind of freedom that I never had before. And then that turned into the next day and the next day. And I, I really was living by a thread because I thought at any moment it was going to end. I didn't think I was going to live to see 15 or even the end of the school year. But as time went on, life went on. 
and I never came back to that place where I was in bondage, where I was under this kind of dark oppression, trying to destroy me ever again in my entire life. And the crazy thing about it is, while this is all going on, this is only year three into my atheism, into turning away from God and hating God. But that abandonment that I had towards God was only one-sided, and, and God never left me leading up to what was going to transpire in my life in the next year where, where God knew that I was going to go in a totally different direction. Once I knew that my life wasn't going to end um, anytime soon, then it became something that I, I started to pursue this new life that wasn't the life that my family was arranging for me, that wasn't what my teachers were planning for me or certainly my friends or anything like that. But I was on a journey and this journey was something that was entirely new to me and, and it was really kind of maturing in my own experience without anyone else leading me or guiding me. But that journey that I was on really made me start to talk to other people who hadn't come as far in their faith as I felt like I had come. I, I had come to the place where I wasn't going to just blindly believe something. I really wanted to test things. And so by 10th grade, I started talking to other Christians. I started talking to them about why they believed in what they believed. And it was interesting because it almost seemed like they had never even thought of it before. It just was. And they didn't really have significant responses to that. In fact, I, I knew most of my friends and I knew their morals and I knew their values and it didn't really match up with very much of what they were living. There was also um, a priest that I would have a lot of discussions with and he was a wonderful man that loved to talk to me because I, I was always ready to debate and he, he wasn't wanting to debate but he, he did want to allow the conversation to take place. And a lot of people would end up watching us. This was in ethics class. And ironically, I was in a school where I never did drugs and I never smoked a cigarette. I never drank alcohol. I didn't chase after girls. I didn't lie. I didn't steal. Um, I, it was a very noble kind of self-righteous life. By the time I finished high school and entered college, my life was much more stable. I knew who I was. I knew who I was living for, which was myself. I had a very clear perspective on my future and I was taking hold of it in every way that I could. I, I had tremendous focus. I knew my beliefs. I was challenging other people in their beliefs and uh, I was doing well. I, I was in a place where I was working on my degree. At the same time, I was working full time. I was, I was doing well financially. And there came a point in my life where a lot of other Christians were trying to get involved in my life. A lot of other Christians were trying to lead me to Christ. And it, it, it was almost like they hadn't known who I was or where I came from. They just started telling me the same thing over and over again. And in a lot of ways, they did not speak the language where I was at. And, and I kind of looked down on them. I looked down on their beliefs and I didn't undermine them personally to their face. I admired their desire to be helpful to me, but I knew who I was 
what I was and, and they weren't saying anything remotely close to convincing me otherwise. And I did feel like sometimes Christians or pastors weren't necessarily fighting fair in their conversations. Um, maybe I felt that there was a lack of empathy or compassion or or something, but um, I do know that I, I became frustrated with pastors that were trying to lead me to what they were calling the truth, especially as I was trying to contend with it. And I felt like they didn't fight fair in how they were handling truth or dealing with truth. So then God doing what he does begins to change my life entirely by my own standards. And there was a day when someone who wasn't a Christian asked me to read a book that was about the Bible, but it wasn't written by a Christian. It was written by an atheist. And I really had no interest in this because they didn't know how many battles I had just recently been going through with so many people about the Bible. But I finally started reading this book months later. And it was a book that I couldn't put down. Every single page God was using uh, by a person who didn't know him to speak to me personally and directly. So I read the entire book in an afternoon. And by the time I had finished that book, I had completely and absolutely given my life to Christ because every wall that I had put up, every kind of fortress that I was keeping myself in was just to keep God out. And the people who were pastors and Christians, uh, I knew how to keep them out, but God was relentless and patient over the years while I was cursing him and I was blaming him and I was turning my back on him to continue his steadfastness towards me, to continue winning the ground that was necessary in order to reach me. So that day started a whole new chapter in life that was born in freedom for the first time in my life ever, I began a relationship with my father. I knew who Jesus really was. I knew what his love really was. And we were no longer in a war. It, it, the war was over and we had begun a relationship as family. I started this out in darkness as a young child and that path brought me to depths that I never knew that I could go to and I also never knew anyone else could meet me at or help me at or find me at and I wasn't wrong in that but over the years God was patient until I was ready and I've gone from a person who hated God with everything of who I was to a person who was ready to give my whole life to God which wasn't a one-day thing it begins over every single day where God takes me deeper and God brings me further and nearly 20 years now into this I've spent half of my life away from God and half of my life drawing nearer and nearer to God, where he's brought me to a place where my whole life is reaching out to those same people from where I was at. The whole purpose of a testimony like this is to share with others who feel like there is no God out there, that there is no one who cares about them or who understands there is a God. And I know how far he goes to reach those who are lost and hurting and dying and how he rescues those literally from the grips of death. My name is Christian Trena, and this is my testimony. You've been listening to Christian Trena on Testimony. Wow, what an amazing story. Every time I hear it, I'm blown away by what God does and his grace and his power. It's 
It's just too good. And uh, as Christian was sharing his testimony with me, I was just taking notes the entire time. And I decided to get back together with Christian for another episode to ask him questions about his story. So if you're interested in that, that'll be the next episode coming out. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Testimony is a ministry of the Good Lion Podcast Network and is produced by Aaron Salvato. That's me. We are a show about real people and real stories of encountering the love of Jesus. If you have a testimony you'd like to share on the show, or if you'd like to support our work, you can visit our webpage at www.goodlion.io forward slash testimony. Testimony, along with all the work we do here at Good Lion, is supported by listeners like you. If you want to support our work, please visit goodlion.io forward slash support. We believe that every single Christian has a testimony, and we hope that hearing this one has encouraged you to share your story with others. Thanks for listening.